This is No Starving Artist Podcast. You deserve a successful creative life. I'm Anissa Benitez, a marketing expert at top companies and creative journeyer. I'm here to support your creative wellness, financially, mentally, and spiritually. Share with me your questions and I'll share perspective. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is about marrying grit and flow. We've covered a lot around our flow state in the past, which is in positive psychology known as a mental state in which you're performing some activity and fully immersed, feeling energized, focused, and enjoying the process of that activity, usually not focused on time passing. It's a beautiful state to be in, and as a creative person on your creative journey, I hope that you experience it a lot. But we haven't historically covered a lot around grit. More than talent and the ability to pick things up quickly, there's a greater predictor of success, according to Angela Lee Duckworth. That factor is grit. Angela Lee Duckworth is a teacher, psychologist, founder of the Character Lab, and author of the book Grit. Grit is the ultimate concern according to her, a goal you care so much about that it organizes and gives meaning to almost everything you do. Grit is holding a steadfast focus on a goal, even when you fall down, even when you mess up, even when progress towards that goal is slowing or halting. And there's a beautiful marrying between grit and flow that she highlights they're not mutually exclusive they actually go hand in hand those who experience more grit are more gritty experience more flow so not going with the flow but creating routines for us to have more flow states is an effective way to reach our goals and have joy a joyful life in the process Our agenda for today's episode is first, a segment on how this topic of grit and flow became relevant to me this week, two, how we can better marry grit and flow, and three, last but not least, a culture wreck, which is an unsurprising one based on the topic of today's podcast episode. As always, would love to hear your creative journey updates. You can leave a voicemail for me at anchor.fm backslash no starving artist backslash message that link is included in the show notes if you've been enjoying this podcast please help us grow you can leave a rating review tell a friend and share on social to support we need to be gritty about getting our kids grittier is the last remark by Angela Lee Duckworth in her TED Talk, which has over 21 million views. In her bio, or of the bio of this TED Talk, it shares, leaving a high-flying job in consulting, Angela Lee Duckworth took a teaching job in math to 7th graders in New York public schools. She quickly realized that IQ wasn't the only thing separating the successful students from those who struggled. Here she explains her theory of grit as a great predictor of success. I highly recommend checking out the TED Talk. This week, I'm actually reading her book, Grit. This is why this topic is so in focus 
for me. I feel like I picked it up at some point in the past and maybe put it down given that felt very to the point. Um, once you have an understanding and definition of grit, how many pages of this book do you need to read? But as I've matured and become a grittier person, actually finishing these books end to end, I realize there's so much depth in her research and her studies. And I'm grateful to be focused, more focused than ever during the time, more able to have a higher level of concentration towards things. Yes, grittier, plugging previous No Starving Artist podcast episode on my dopamine detox, perhaps taking more dopamine detoxes and extracting tech and social media and all these very highly dopamine uh, intensive activities for my life has maybe helped my focus, who knows, but I still just am aware that we need to intentionally reduce these activities in our lives that are just not deeply rewarding um, and not deeply moving us towards longer-term goals, towards maintaining deep attention, towards having more patience. Those are qualities I need to work on for myself. So in reading this book and listening to more audiobooks, consuming less short-form content, stretching my attention span for focusing on long-form storytelling. It's helped me in a number of ways this week. It reaffirms to me that the type of content I also want to share with the world, the kind of impact I want to make in the world, requires that level of deep attention and dedication. Simultaneously, I'm also feeling like a retiree these days, and wondering, do I have what it takes to really dedicate myself in the way that I did historically? I'm hesitant to hold up some of my big dreams, and I don't know if this is the case for you too, where you have very big dreams and big goals, and you're aware that the people who've achieved these big dreams and goals have done it at a sacrifice, at, at trading off maybe other areas of their life. And I'm really just enjoying the simple things in life too, the simplicity of solitude, more solitude in life and more focusing on my health and well-being. These days I'm asking myself a lot more, can't we just enjoy and find pleasure in these small aspects of life? Why do we need these big, big lofty goals? Isn't life too precious to be fixated on big dreams with a tunnel vision-like determination? Are there any externally successful people who felt internally successful already? It feels like so many externally successful, highly regarded people have been driven from a place of lack, a place of trauma often, not feeling enough, not feeling perceived as worthy, not feeling they have enough money, recognition, power, etc. However, grit is regarded differently. A lot of successful people have this grittiness which is separate and we can all work to cultivate our grittiness in this next section i'll be helping us understand how grit and flow actually work together and given flow is this very joyous state of being this very free liberated creative bubbly space to be operating in it's interesting that the pairing of people who have 
so much grit, get to experience so much flow. It's just one to dig into and explore a little bit more deeply. We can be happy and we can be hardworking. And we shouldn't move away from big, big dreams because we're scared of the work that goes into them. Exploring grittiness made me more optimistic about the potential of being happy and being hardworking. So I hope that examining grit can bring you the same sense of reassurance. Let's get into it. As some of you know, I founded More By Her, a platform to dismantle the starving artist stigma. Each week, we share a new story of creative women shaping culture on Wednesdays, Wisdom Drop Wednesdays, for those who identify as women, non-binary, she, her, they, them, thriving artists who are willing to give transparency on their creative journey and how they do it. Follow us at morebyher.com or on Instagram at more underscore by underscore her. This section will explore what is grit and then how can we marry more grit and flow in our lives. So grit is, according to Angela Lee Duckworth, it's found as a combination of passion and perseverance for a singularly important goal. It's the hallmark of high achievers in every domain. She's also found scientific evidence that grit can grow and is something that we can work to more deeply cultivate. So when does grit matter most? According to her, this is a very frequently asked question, and her response is this. I study grit because it predicts achieving goals, but I want to point out that grit is more relevant to some goals than others. In particular, grit predicts achievement in really challenging and personally meaningful contexts. Graduating from high school or college rather than dropping out is one example. Returning to a national spelling bee with hopes of doing better than you did another year is another. But there are other goals for which enduring passion and perseverance are less relevant. For instance, getting started on your taxes before April 15th start takes self-control more than grit, for instance. Ditto for studying on a history test on Friday. When you'd rather be on Instagram. Here, um, she also shares on her FAQ page of her website, she shares more on how grit and self-control differ. Ultimately, grit is how we are really sticking to those subordinate goals. So everything that falls under our higher goal, our higher achievement, everything that's in that task category pointed towards the direction of moving into our goals. I appreciated this because it brings me back to the larger importance of having a a big dream, but then also working backwards to break that big dream into chapter changes And then within each of those chapters, figuring out what are the tasks that are needed to get completed for you to actually achieve that goal. And what is that next task, most importantly, that you need to complete to move along the path towards that goal? And just focusing on the present and focusing on that task 
Those are the subordinate goals, as she says, those small tasks. Another question that she receives a lot is the one that was top of mind for me. And it's this, isn't it more important to be happy than successful? I personally have such a big fear of losing my joy, losing happiness. I've honestly, in my lifetime, through all these hardships, I have to admit, I have a very delusionally optimistic personality and tend to be quite joyful, even in the midst of really tragic moments. I have a weird sense of humor. And I've still, despite that, a big fear of losing happiness and losing my well-being. Wellness is a huge point focus of my life for not just me but everyone around me I think life is too precious to spend so much time overworking and neglecting people in our lives and our health our well-being but it's also incredibly validating to build skills to note your personal growth to serve others in a larger way and so her response to this question of happiness versus success meant a lot to me. And she says, I can't tell you whether happiness or achievement is important. That's a question of values, not science. I can say that when you measure both, you find they tend to go together more than they're split apart. In other words, while we can all think of someone who we know is happy but not successful or successful but unhappy, these are exceptions. The grit paragons I've interviewed over the years are on the whole quite happy and successful. While I would not call them carefree or laid back, I would say these are tremendously satisfied people in their lives, even when it includes never being satisfied with their level of skill or achievement. I think daily about what I could do better. And yet, I'm happy. These last few months, I've been, yes, feeling a little bit maybe less intense around career ambitions and just enthusiastic about life. I think feeling successful involves this holistic wellness. I think being financially well, mentally well, emotionally, physically well um, contributes to my sense of connection contentness and appreciation for life but I also continue to honor what she ended off with which is saying you know that sense of I could do better that sense of dissatisfaction I I also embrace that in myself because I still want more for myself for this planet for others for you all and I don't have this laid-back attitude about it either it's a little bit of a fire And I don't know if you've carried a little bit of that fire in you too, but if you have, that fire is a great thing. That fire of wanting more, feeling passionate about creating change in ourselves and the world around us for the better is a beautiful thing. It's worth honoring and it is tied to being gritty. One of the Last, frequently last asked questions that I'll share that she receives before we talk about marrying grit and flow, quite simply, is she's asked, if I'm gritty about one thing, will I be gritty about other things? And yeah, I think 
this is a clarifying question because it's about not becoming a rigid person or a gritty person in all areas. I don't love the saying that the way you do one thing is the way you do everything because we can be selectively dynamic and ambitious people. I tend to do things very well and very with a lot of determination that I care about and there's many things that I don't care about fully engaging with that level of vested interest. So we can be fixated in certain areas towards big goals, but also still be more carefree laid back people. She says in regards to if I'm gritty about one thing, will I be gritty about all other things? She says not necessarily. To be gritty in my view is to have a passion and perseverance about something in your life. This doesn't mean you necessarily engage in all possible pursuits with equivalent passion and perseverance. And indeed, the limits of time and energy suggest that focusing on one thing means focusing less on others. You can't pursue becoming a great pianist at the same time as a great mathematician and a great sprinter and chef and philosopher. But it's also true, I think, that to be gritty means to pursue something with consistency of interest and effort. Some people choose not to pursue anything in a committed way, and that, to me, is a lack of grit. Makes sense to me. Um, and, you know, a little bit of that mastery piece, it does take conscious effort towards things, and it could be multiple things, but it can't be necessarily fully everything. So when it comes to marrying grit and flow, they go hand in hand. I love how in this book she explains that the more people put aside deliberate time for them to practice, the more space within that practice time they enter flow state, which makes a ton of sense. If every single day you're waking up and dedicating two hours of writing time to yourself, as an example, insert the creative practice that you enjoy or you're working towards building a deliberate practice of, if you focus on it for two, three hours every day, there is very high likelihood that every day you'll experience some level of flow state within that two to three hour bracket. And gritty people do more deliberate practice and therefore experience more of that flow state. Deliberate practice is a mindful repetition with the specific goal of improving performance. How do we get the most out of our deliberate practice? Angela Lee Duckworth defines four ways that we actually get more of that flow state, actually marry more of that grit and flow. And it's first, one, clearly defining our stretch goal. Having a clear sense of what that higher north star that you're working towards, maybe it's something that's a year away, maybe it's something that's decades away, maybe it's something that's a bucket list thing. It requires an extent of your lifetime to pursue that goal. But having that stretch goal really clearly defines helps us actually figure out what those subordinate goals are that lead us towards that higher one. And definitely check out previous episode in No Starving Artist podcast where we talked about goal setting. Two, full concentration and effort to get the most out of your deliberate practice, fully focusing on it, 
That means putting away all of the distractions, more in alignment with dopamine, detox, etc. You know those things that are temptations, that are distractions, that pull our attention away from really tuning into a singular focused practice. So removing, extracting those things, extracting our cell phones, extracting ourselves from maybe our family, from loved ones, to be in more of a solitude to do our practices can help a lot. Maybe it even requires you to retreat, (laughs) to take a retreat at some point um, to really be immersed. And then effort, really giving effort towards something, really pouring ourselves into something. Because that's the only way that we'll really see our growth over time. If we're holding back, it slows our growth. Number three, how we can get the most out of our deliberate practice is by getting immediate and informative feedback. Sometimes we don't want that harsh feedback and we're hesitant to get it because we don't want to be deterred. It's going to be off-putting. But it also forces us to see our room for growth. So getting immediate and informative feedback from trusted people in our lives. Maybe you have a board of advisors, people in your life, various people that you can go to. And you know that you're going to get very different opinions and feedback back but they're trusted people who's who's who respect and give you objective enough feedback that you know it's moving you in the right direction and number four last but not least on how to get the most out of deliberate practice is repetition with reflection and refinement so doing our deliberate practice the gritty piece of being deliberate is continuing to repeat our weaknesses continuing to improve on the problem areas after we've received feedback on what's working and what could be improved, focusing, digging deep on those areas for improvement until we feel like they're up to par with where we want to be. Ultimately, there's so much power in setting routines So the best way to be really good at getting the most flow from our lives through being gritty is by actually setting routines for deliberate practice on a daily basis, on a monthly basis, weekly basis, but the more the merrier. That dedication and that grit um, goes such a long way and it's not separate from having a joyful life. It just means that we're holding time for hard work And that hard work can be incredibly validating. I hope that this section has helped you feel more okay with working hard. I know that I needed the reminder that it's okay to work hard and invest in the work that we're doing. And it's not at the expense of building relationships in our lives, taking care of ourselves, experiencing the joy of the present, etc. Unsurprisingly... Our culture rec for this episode is to read the book Grit, which I've really enjoyed from Angela Lee Duckworth. As a teaser, as a taste, you can watch her TED Talk, which is called Grit and the Power of Passion and Perseverance. You can find it online quite easily, given its huge visibility and all the recognition it's received. If you enjoy that, then the book might be a good one for you. You might like it. 
at the end of the day, we are dynamic human beings. We are headstrong in some areas, laid back in some areas. We can constantly evolve and change, and there's endless growth and room to become grittier if we so choose to. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast episode. So grateful to be on this creative journey with you. Would love to hear your stories and how things are going your way. Any revelations, any insights and tips that you think will be helpful to our creative community, please share them at anchor.fm backslash no starving artist. You can find me on Instagram at Anisa Benitez. Follow the wisdom of many thriving women and non-binary people at morebyher.com. You are no starving artist. I'm so grateful to be learning and growing with you. I appreciate you.